Everybody, welcome to that dog training show with Tanya Yarbrough, and that is me. And this is where we talk about the dogs we love and the stupid human behaviors we don't, also known as shubs, just so that we can say it around children. Anyway, um, if you all did not um, attend the Pack Leadership 101 seminar that happened this weekend at uh, Blue Collar Working Dog in Echo Park, uh, California, you missed out. It was a good time. We had quite a few couples there, and uh, there's a lot of laughing, a lot of clapping, and a lot of like, okay, I got it. So um, if you miss that, and you are in the, in the area, um, February 15th is the next one, so it's the day after Valentine's Day, which you can make it part of like a whole package if you so desire. Um, and um, you can sign up at www.bluecollarworkingdog.com and go to the Pack Leadership Seminar uh, page and you can find a button to you know sign up ahead of time or just contact me. Um, you can also go to my Facebook page, That Dog Training Show with Tanya Yarbrough, and uh, make comments there, suggestions there, and I would love to hear your shove stories if you got one to share. So, And if you want it on the air, uh, you can contact me and private message me and I can um, go ahead and you know, get your the low low down, the dirty the dirty details, and exactly how you want the story told, like uh, whether you should be anonymous or not, um, that sort of thing. And if that's the case, then I'd be glad to tell your shub story as part of the radio show. So, anyway, today's topic is about little dogs. They're all that and a big bag of chips. I'm telling you now. Um, the reason I brought this up is because I kind of was randomly surfing for things to talk about because you could talk about anything when it comes to dogs, right? I mean, you could talk about dog nails and dog hair and all that stuff. But the deal is is that I was kind of inspired because I now have a little dog and my previous dog was sort of a medium-sized dog, although I guess some people call them little dogs a Sheltie. But... um I used to have this weird bias about little dogs, and I think a lot of people do. Um, even as a dog trainer, I have had this sort of bias towards little dogs in terms of, um, you know, their behaviors and that sort of thing. So one of the, the, the things that people kind of comment on or I used to comment on or what have you is that, you know, we see little dogs as kind of useless or they're not, you know, as good as you know, as an outdoor, for an outdoor companion, like if you like to have an active lifestyle, etc., why would you have a little dog? You want a big dog, right? One that you can run with and go fishing with, or I know in this area it's not so much in Los Angeles, but in other parts of the country, fishing is very cool. Just relax. So, and in other words, we, you know, for that outdoorsy sort of active lifestyle companion, a lot of times, including myself, people will think that little dogs are pretty useless for that. Or even as intelligent partners, you know, there's a little dog, they're stupid, they're noisy, you know, they're just for people who really should have just a cat, I mean, what's the point, that kind of thing. And so I have, you know, in over the years, and clearly through my personal life, been more open to little dogs. And I think part of that was uh, when I started training dogs for 
film and TV and print, um, I saw a lot of amazing small dogs, like Boston Terriers and Chihuahuas, that could do things that a lot of people's big dogs couldn't even get close to. And the amount of endurance and energy and focus they could have just really depended on their training. And, um, you know, kind of, I think we take that for granted as just being these little, you know, useless, fluffy things that can be picked up and therefore aren't really dogs. And I think that's unfair. So that's what this show is about. And breaking some of those myths and opening the doors to, you know, possibly you opening your heart to a dog that's smaller than what you expected. Uh, I've already had a show about, you know, the myth of having a backyard. Oh, if you have a dog, it needs a backyard and they need some place to go. Well, quite honestly, dogs are quite capable of being city dwellers. It just depends on how much time you have during the morning and evening for your dog. So, okay, back to little dogs. I'm going to refer to a article that was posted on care2, that's C-A-R-E, the number 2.com, but it was originally on vetstreet.com, and it was written by Laura Cross, um, and it is entitled, Five Small Dog Breed Myths Debunked. And so I'm going to start the show with that, referring to this article that was really nicely, neatly put together and cross-referenced. So if you want to go to that little article, you can go on my Facebook page, That Dog Training Show with Tanya Yarbrough, which is a really long name, and uh, find that article really quickly. Um, Alright, so number one myth that's brought up by Laura Cross is that all small dogs are yappy. I can understand why people think that, but there are actually quite a few small dogs that are not natural talkers. Like, they don't really spend a lot of time talking. Some of the examples she brings up is like Cavalier King Charles, Italian Greyhounds, Chinese Cresteds, uh, Boston Terriers, Japanese Chins, Shiba Inus. So there's a lot of little dogs that aren't really prone to being vocal. There are a lot of big dogs who are prone to being vocal. German Shepherds and Huskies, just for example. Labs. Okay? So, you know, it's not really fair to say that all little dogs are yappy. What I find that makes a dog super yappy is the training or lack of training by the owner. And that's kind of the problem. And yappiness, a lot of times, barking and vocalizations can be a huge symptom of a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety that's not properly channeled through activity, brain activity, and proper socialization and manners, etc. So it's not just about how you train a dog to bark or not to bark, etc., but also if you've got a high-strung dog because you've made it high-strung, then it's going to bark more often. That's just the way it is. My previous dog was Sheltie are known to be barkers. They're just known to be barkers. I got a half terrier chihuahua mix right now that's that's a that's more prone to barking. But it's more about how you train. I train my Sheltie not to bark ever. In fact when I needed to teach her how to bark on command for stage shows, it was very hard for her to do that because I'd spent nine years teaching her not to bark. Uh, she used to bark when she was excited, when she was sad, when she wanted attention, when she, she would just bark for everything. So I had to nip that in the bud, but it was, you know, pretty much down to nothing. So um, it is really kind of a myth that just all small dogs are just yappy. It's almost always 
compared to large dogs, just about the training or the lack of training that they, these dogs get. Um, one of the things that will teach a dog to be more yappy is if you try to pick up the dog every time it starts barking or aggressing. That's a very Shub's move. So if you do that, you are reinforcing that whatever they're yapping at deserves to be yapped at for whether they're excited or they are fearful. Either way, you're reinforcing that fear or excitement by picking them up. Uh, it gives them the wrong message. So you are now, although they stop yapping or barking when you pick them up, you're encouraging them to do it more and more often in that context. So um, don't do that. All right. Number two, small dogs are easier to care for than large dogs. Wrong go. Wrong go. Little dogs have just as many ear problems and eye problems and grooming problems than large dogs do. I think the only advantage you have is that they eat less, which I thought was a great advantage for Rambo, actually. Because um, quite honestly, you know, we only have so much space for dog food and I'd rather go shopping for my food. So the fact that I can get a 14-pound bag that feeds him for a month is, like, fantastic. So, but in terms of care... Uh, in terms of veterinary care, etc., you're not really winning by having a smaller dog. In fact, smaller dogs tend to need more grooming, although that that's different when you talk about long-haired dogs. But smaller dogs need a little more attention. They're also more easily injured sometimes just because they're smaller and they can get to smaller cracks or people don't see them as easily, etc. So you're not really helping yourself in terms of the amount of veterinary care, grooming care, etc. Toys are just as expensive if they're for a small dog as a big dog. I mean, you're really only paying a dollar more a toy or something like that for a big dog. So it doesn't make any difference. Uh, the only real significant difference between small dogs and larger dogs and taking care of them and paying for that care is the amount of food that they eat. Um, number three, all small dogs are lap dogs or purse puppies. Um, um, personally, I don't think any of them should be purse puppies, but uh, you're going to do it anyway. So, um, yeah, small dogs are not necessarily lap dogs. My Sheltie did not like to be in the lap. She didn't. She was very independent. I knew she was very sick towards the end of her life when she wanted to be held. Um, and really, putting dogs in the in a purse and carrying them around destroys their self-esteem. They might be cuddled for a little while, but if they never learn to walk and be on their own four feet, they're going to react to their environment in a very fearful way. So um, I actually had one lady come into class one time, a basic obedience group class, and she was carrying this six-month-old dog, which was probably about 20 pounds already, 20 to 30 pounds, carried the dog in, to the class in a towel and held it on its lap and you know <laughs> generally we teach the dogs to sit from the floor you know we put them on the floor and teach them how to sit and she's like the dog doesn't know how to walk I said is it injured and she's like no 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 we've just always carried her because she was always like hyper or she'd be fearful and you know she was sick for the first few months of her life so we just always carried her so she doesn't know how to walk the dog literally did not learn how to walk around its own environment, like at home, at all. The dog just lays there and waits to be picked up and carried. And it's a six-month-old puppy that really is going to be like a medium-sized dog, so I'm sure it is now. <laughs> and she couldn't understand why the dog was afraid of everything. And I was like, because you are carrying around like it should be protected. And it doesn't, it, it literally did not have the musculature to actually learn to walk until the end of the class. So, um... Don't do that either. 
carrying the dog around. Bad for the self-esteem, bad for the physiology of the dog, and just because they're small we can pick them up doesn't mean we should. So all small dogs are lap dogs? No. The best small dogs are dogs that are the ones that are treated like a dog and they walk on their own four feet. Um, the first time I ever uh, saw a teacup chihuahua that actually had manners was owned by this huge male bodybuilder type. And I'll, tell, I'll talk about that more, but one of the important things about the way he handled his dog was he didn't, didn't give it excuses and carry it over the edge of the sidewalk. He could barely get up and down from the sidewalk edge into the grass. So um, I'll talk about that in another one. But um, number four, small dogs don't need exercise. I don't know who the hell came up with that one. Because they have never seen a Jack Russell Terrier or a Sheltie or a Boston Terrier or a Mini Schnauzer or any of those uh, dogs just kicking real ass out on the field. Those dogs are fast, they're agile, they're hunters, they're diggers, they require a great deal of exercise with a purpose. So... Um, if you don't, in fact, those kind of dogs, exercise them with a purpose, as if they are doing a job at the moment, they will go batshit crazy. They will get depressed, and they will be destructive. So, um, small dogs need just as much exercise as big dogs. Just because they weigh less doesn't mean they need less activity. You just got to go based on the dog breed, what it was bred for, and how you structure its exercise. And it doesn't have to be, and it's true for big dogs, it doesn't have to be 40-minute walks twice, three times a day. It just has to be with a purpose and a focus and, and give them some intensity to it. Uh, one of my best favorite things to exercise both big dogs and little dogs is this product called uh, Tail Teasers. It's like a giant cat toy, but it's like a fishing pole sized cat toy for dogs. And that sucker I've seen, I've worked with a Johnson style bulldog that's about 100 pounds as well as a, a, a little puppies and my little uh, 12 pound, well he's not really 12, he's like 11, sorry, 11 pound Rambo and they go crazy for it and burn off all kinds of energy in very little bit of space. It's great for dogs that have joint problems, etc. The, the size doesn't matter. The, the kind of exercise doesn't really matter except for what that particular dog needs and it's not about the size it's about the needs of that dog mentally and physically so the fact that small dogs can fit in a small space uh, and maybe you could exercise the garbage out of your Jack Russell just around your couch and you can be sipping a beer at the same time does not mean they don't need exercise so that's a myth too alright the last one that Laura Cross brings up on VetStreet.com is small Small dogs are less manly. That's in quotes, less manly. So going back to the teacup chihuahua, puppy, by the way, uh, on a leash with this six-foot or so uh, bodybuilder type with his, you know, like not even wife beaters, more like a wrestling shirt, um, forcing the dog to walk on his four paws and get up and down into the grass to go pee outside and heal at its side, I mean, the sight of it alone was cartoonish, but what was amazing was that little dog was the most confident little dog I've ever seen when it comes to little dogs, right? Normally, when you see teacup chihuahuas, everybody's carrying around like Paris Hilton, 
So you got this little teacup chihuahua that wasn't even full grown walking around feeling all proud of themselves for accomplishing the small task of getting off the edge of a sidewalk and getting back up onto the sidewalk after it finished peeing. So how you act around that dog and how what kind of breed you pick really is <laughs> where the manliness comes. I've seen some pretty tough little, you know, people slash dog companionships here, partnerships that are not, they're not lacking in manhood or masculinity. They're tough little buggers that go out biking and chasing and hiking and all that stuff. So it's not about less manly in terms of the size of the dog or even the breed of the dog, but how you touch the and train and handle the dog. Um, I do happen to know someone very close to me who goes, oh, puppy whoopy to little dogs. That's the less manly part, okay? It's not the dog. It's how you react to the dog. So, um, you know, for all of you who would like, uh, you gentlemen out there who would like a dog but feel like because they have a smaller apartment they shouldn't get a big dog and then if they get a small dog they'd be made fun of, you need to just suck it up. All right. If you want a dog, get yourself a nice little athletic terrier or something and just be a real man and walk that dog like a real dog. That's all I got to say about that. Now, moving on to our next thing here. I'm going to reinforce this in your little brains here. But this is about training. One of the things I have a problem with in terms of small dogs and, and as a trainer going to clients or students' houses is that there are so many excuses people make about their little dogs. Well, they're little dogs, so they're always going to be nervous. Oh, they're little dogs, so, you know, you can't expect them not to bark a lot. Oh, they're little dogs, and, and I know they pee all over the place and they're aggressive, but I manage it. It's, it's okay, i.e., I can pick them up on the last minute to prevent any blood loss or a loss lawsuit, which I don't think is good for the dog. So it's the, the small dog excuses that I hear is really kind of the problem or the, to me the root of it all is that if you want your dog to act like a dog because they don't see themselves as little dogs until we treat them that way. You know, it's kind of like people don't, kids don't see themselves as worthless unless they're treated like they're worthless. So the same with little dogs. So if you treat them like they're incapable, they will be incapable. So things like them always being nervous. I've seen a lot of big dogs be really nervous, but people don't have the excuse of just picking up a big dog. You can't pick up an 80-pound nervous lab very easily. It can be done, but it's not comfortable, so people actually do something about it. But with little dogs, people say, well, I can pick him up and carry him away when he's trying to lunge at a child, so it's okay. Not really the best option. So managing small dogs, or calling it small dog training, where it's like, well, you know, as long as they don't shit in the house too much, we're okay, you know. Um, that's where we have problems with little dogs, and people have these myths. But I'm telling you, a little dog, a small dog breed, doesn't see themselves as anything different other than slightly height disadvantage in terms of eye contact than any other dog. So if you've got a small dog, treat it like a dog, like it's a big German Shepherd, like he thinks he is. Or if you're thinking about getting a dog but afraid that the small dog's going to lower your status, then train the dog to be a kick-ass dog. 
that's all. I mean, anybody's status is upgraded as soon as you have a well-behaved dog. And as far as I'm concerned, just like men, you ain't cute unless you got good habits. That's all I say. If your behavior is crappy, you're not a cute dog or cute human. So, um, if you want a little dog, go for it, guys. Don't think about manliness. Get yourself a Boston Terrier and go hiking every day or whatever you've got time for. Um, but definitely think about these little dogs as just happen to be a little height disadvantaged compared to other dogs, but no less difficult to take care of, no less of a dog than any other dog. I have seen small dogs do some pretty amazing things, and uh, and it's quite a treat when you see a well-trained dog, small or big. All right, now I'm going to go into my Shubs of the Week, because that's the end of my topic. What else am I going to say about little dogs but bags of, bag of chips, right? Because I'm still hungry. Um, anyway, Shubs of the Week. This was classic. We've, we've heard this before. You've seen this before. You may have done this before. I'm at, this, at a street corner. I'm, I'm about to approach a street corner and go across the street. And I'm training this puppy who's like a spaz monkey. And she's like looking back, looking back. Because there's a dog behind me. I can hear the tags, etc. But I'm like trying to teach her not to keep looking back. But to focus on sticking with me and go forward. Well, the one who's coming behind me eventually addressed me from behind me. Uh, she had a big boxer that was pulling her pretty hard. And the boxer was not even aware that, like, you could see the collar indenting like an inch into his neck um, because that she's, it's so desensitized to it, doesn't care, it's choking itself. We've all seen that in all sizes of dogs, right? And she's like, oh, well, she keeps looking back because there's a dog back here. I'm like, uh, thank you. I really don't give a crap. I don't care what's back there. The dog needs to trust that I'm going to take care of it. So she's doing that. I'm like, okay, fine. So we reach the other corner, but she happens to pass me because she's got she's got to go faster because her big dog is dragging her ass across the street. But then her dog stops on the corner on the other side of the crosswalk. But I need to take, take get past them, go to the right. So I'm waiting for them to move the H out of my way. But she's letting her dog stand there and stare down my dog, pulling on the collar and getting more and more excited. And I said, uh, we need to go this way, so I'm just waiting for you to move. And so she finally decides to move, and of course the dog just goes after my dog. And I was like, yep, that's what I saw coming. Of course, I did also passively, aggressively say, Hey, watch that eye contact. I know he's staring you down. To, you know, I'm talking to the puppy. He's like, watch that eye contact. That's how aggression starts. And that's when he went, rah, rah, rah. I said, see, told you. <laughs> I kept going. <laughs> so, look, people, don't let your dogs pull and yank. If that's a problem, I don't care what size dog it is, got to fix that. You're creating actual aggression. What happened in that moment that she moved, not only did she let that dog get built up with more excitement by just, for whatever reason, standing there. Like, like that's why I walk a dog for, so that I can have other people's dogs just stare at each other. You know, so they could just stare at each other. That's what we go outside for, is to have that staring contest happen. So anyway, she goes, when she finally moved, she put pressure on, extra pressure on the leash in a different direction. So the immediate reaction, the instinctual reaction of that dog is to react as if it got bitten. So it's going to even just, it's just going to snap. It's going to go over the edge and get lose all composure at that point. So you're creating leash aggression, you're creating dog aggression, and you're pissing me off. So don't do it. That's a shub's move big time. And not only that, you're fucking with my with my training. I you it's clear that I was training a dog. Don't 
interfere with the training and get in my space and start saying, oh, isn't it so great that they're so excited? I'm like, get the fuck out of here, okay? Shubs move. If somebody's focusing on their dog and trying to get them in control, don't interfere. Don't do it. And please train your dog so they're not a-holes because they don't deserve to be a-holes. They weren't built for that. You just made them that way. That's my Shub's story of the week. I'm sure I'll have many to choose from for next week. If you've got one to share with me, go to That Dog Training Show with Tanya Yarbrough. You can just type That Dog Training Show on Facebook. It'll find me, definitely. Or you can email me at thatdogtrainingshow at gmail.com to share your story with, with me and so I can, you know, tell them on the air and you can remain anonymous. It's okay. Um, anyway, until next week, remember that... You need to serve your dog in little ways every day by giving them some way to serve you in little tiny ways. Because you know in the dog world, to love is to serve. So serve them well. I'll talk to you guys next week. I just want to